to the Tech Talk Show, an hour of news, views and discussion. Well, welcome to the show. Hi, James. How are you? Hi, Steve. Very good, thanks. How are you? Yeah. We've got another special, and it's uh, Unbound. Uh, there's so many great companies there that we've put a mashup together of uh, some of the interviews. Yeah, it turned out one hour wasn't enough to, to basically fit in everyone that we wanted to, to shout about and, and share with our listeners um, some of the great companies that we met at Unbound um, back in July. So uh, tell us a little bit about who we're going to listen to, first of all. Um, so first up, a few of the interviews, um, companies that I met on the first day. Uh, we've got Selden. Um, it's an open source uh, machine learning platform, which can be deployed by anyone anywhere in the world. There's a really good case study, uh, someone that you wouldn't expect to be necessarily using machine learning coming up there. Uh, then we're going to hear from Landmark, um, who work with sort of bands and artists to develop sort of location-specific experiences. So it might be the launch of a new album. You have to go to a certain area of London and you, you get sort of AR um, sort of uh, treats, basically. So like a Abbey Road on... Um a techie Abbey Road, in a way, yeah. Yeah, yeah, basically, yeah. And it's just sort of a way of, of the fans using te- uh, bands using technology to connect a bit better with their fans. Um, then we've got a bit of pet tech. Um, sure You've you just made that up, and yeah, pet tech. That's not food. We've got food tech. We have engineering tech. We certainly uh, don't have pet tech. We do now, and and uh, Phil Connor are going to tell us a bit about that. Um, it's it's IoT sort of devices that that can be worn by pets and it helps sort of analyze their their health and uh yeah it's a really good uh way of vets being able to to drill down and and yeah uh diagnose a bit easier uh and then finally um if anyone any of our listeners are are dragon's den fans you'll recognize this company from from last week's show um pouch um and it's a it's a plug-in um for, for, for sort of relevant voucher codes that will only appear on your on your web browser depending on the websites you're, you're looking at. So, yeah, be, it's good to hear from those guys. So let's hear about uh, about your, uh, your, your interviews. Cheers. Uh, here we are at Unbound Live um, at the Truman Brewery in East London. Um, and I'm now joined by Andrew Turner from Selden. How are you, Andrew? Really good, thanks. Very grateful to be talking to you on the radio. Brilliant. Uh, first person to say that today. Um, how are you finding the show? And you're over in the sort of the startup section over there. There's a lot of companies sort of booth. I mean, you, you just described it to me as a sort of speed dating. Do you think that's quite a good um, approach for, 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 for the companies exhibiting and also for the visitors to, to get to know and meet as many people as, as they can today? Yeah, absolutely. Like, I think from a company looking for innovation point of view, um, it's challenging because there are tons of startups selling all sorts of smart, intelligent apps and services and you know, a big part of the, I guess, the, the innovation strategic partnership type person from a big company, one of their main roles is to really sometimes find a needle in a haystack. So having this type of setup with the booth where you can efficiently and systematically cut to the chase and get through you know, get through the numbers is quite important to really find the type of innovation supply they're looking for. And for us, it's great because we get to meet a lot of new people. Yeah, yeah. so, so can we talk a bit about Selden and, and, and give a brief synopsis of, of what you guys do? Yeah, so Selden, machine learning for enterprise, we do two things. First thing is data science as a service. 
Now, uh, a large company might have sometimes up to, like, up to thousands of potential AI use cases. So ways they can use AI to speed things up, um, improve stuff, make better decisions. And they might have their own data scientists, but they need extra, extra help. So we can be that go-to data science team to, to, to help with those projects. Then the other thing is uh, a machine learning deployment platform. Now, the, the story at the moment is everyone's talking about data transformation and moving into the future, digital transformation. And that involves using data to spot patterns to make decisions, um, better decisions or automate decisions, or helping analysts or people augment their decisions. And that involves a lot of data science work. And the next phase of this data transformation journey is actually deploying those predictive models live i.e. moving everything from R&D into a live environment. And so the machine learning uh, deployment platform that Seldom provides, which is used by over a 1,000 companies around the world, helps you deploy your machine learning algorithms into production in 15 minutes. So we are like the final end of the machine learning pipe to realize your investment and just get stuff live. And, and, and how long was spent developing that platform? We've been going since 2014. So Alex, the CEO, uh, quite an amazing guy. We've got an amazing team. He, the last business he had was a recommendation engine. So you know if you're on uh, Facebook and you get recommended uh, something to like in your newsfeed. So that you'll be surprised the, the different layers of data that's been involved in the algorithms to suggest the most tailored, suitable thing for you to like. Um, so we kind of built a similar engine, a recommendation engine, and we were doing that for things like the Trinity Mirror Group and other big media publishing companies. And then naturally thinking about the bigger picture and where, where the world's going, machine learning, and then having a, providing an infrastructure to enable the data scientists, to enable machine learning to happen quickly, efficiently, removing stress and frustration and worry around that area is kind of something we've moved into. So it's all very well doing the, the data science work, but actually enabling the, the, the many data scientist teams around the world which are growing and being recruited is really something we're focused on and very passionate about. So, it, so it's harvesting data of, of individuals and then um, predicting sort of their behavior and, and, and trying to meet them at that, that end goal and by providing them offering a, a service or, or something that they might, you imagine that they would like. Is that right? Yeah, so, so that's a really good example of it. But, you know, machine learning is everywhere. It's predicting where to deploy crops. Uh, it's used, so we had a speaker at our, one of our events, uh, a guy who is predicting, um, analyzing and predicting breast cancer in screens. So it's reducing false positives. Females can, don't have to wait so long to get the results. And uh, there's less false diagnoses. It can also be used in the most random, simplest of ways, such as, a cucumber farmer in Japan who has a, uh, <laughs> he classifies, he's using uh, machine learning to automate the classification of his cucumbers. So there's an example of a, a farmer in Japan using machine learning software to automate his business and he's saved loads of money and he's very happy. So it's used in many, many different ways, but it is ultimately, as you say, to provide a better user journey, to make better decisions, to speed something up. Um, you know, it's all around a better quality of life, really. Yeah, I mean, that, that's an amazing story, example you've given about the, the Japanese cucumber farmer. Um, I don't think I'll be talking about that today. Um, so, 
yeah, it, it's a wide range of, of businesses uh, and, and business types using it. Um, is it all around the world? So how many countries are you, are you sort of working in at the moment? Uh, I mean, it is. We're, we're, I think we're in every continent. Um, and we've actually been seeing quite a big uplift from Asia recently. Um, I think, I guess from a sales strategy point of view, it makes sense to start on your home turf and then expand that way. But obviously, if the, the CFO of a large bank calls you up from Australia, then naturally you're going to pick up the call and you know try and do a deal with them. So it's very the great thing about SaaS and, and open source is that you know we don't have to be face to face dealing with a client. They can their engineers can just use our code and, and deploy their machine learning models at their will. And then if they need extra support or if they want to scale then they can pick up the phone or, or email us. Uh, yeah, and, and how can companies um, and our listeners get in touch with you? Well, I mean, being, being head of business development, obviously I'm very keen on people contacting me. Uh, our website, hello at seldom.io, um, phone 07780456456, any LinkedIn. We do, we're very live on Twitter and all around social media. We also run a, a meetup, machine learning meetup actually happening tonight at the home of London FinTech where we're based in Shoreditch. So we're kind of very active and we do webinars and film content and stuff like that. So theoretically, if you type in Seldon, you should see some pretty decent things online. Brilliant. Thanks very much for joining me, Andrew. Um, Enjoy the rest of the show. Thanks very much. I appreciate your time. Um, I'm now joined in the pod by Tom Nild, co-founder of Landmark. How are you, Tom? Yeah, very good indeed. Thank you. Um, how have you been finding the show um, today so far? It's been really good. So this is our, our second year here and um, we found last year decent, but we found this year kind of really good. Our like, positioning in the area is great. We've met loads of interesting people across lots of different industries. So, so yeah, it's been a really good day. That's great to hear. So it's, it's the Tech Talk Show's first time at Unbound and we've been yeah, really impressed with the, the footfall. Um, every five minutes people are coming over to the pod asking about the show and um, there's some, some amazing people that we've met today. Um, tell us a bit about Landmark uh, and what you guys have done there. Sure. So Landmark is a location-based um, experiences platform. So we let our clients place digital content wherever they want in the physical world. The user clicks a URL, so a web link, opens up a branded page and is dropped onto a map and they're shown their current location and the location of the content or experiences around them. As they enter those uh, locations, the content or experiences unlock for them to enjoy. Um, we're all about um, low bar of entry, so one click of the URL and you're on the platform. You don't need to download an app ever. Um, and we want to empower uh, the brands we work with. Our brand's never seen, so we've recently worked with Shakira and it was all about her and her brand. We don't want to confuse her fans, we want to empower Shakira to connect with her fans in that instance. So if we use Shakira as the example, what sort of experiences um, do you guys deliver? So for Shakira, it was all about um, building excitement around the release of her new album. So she has a um, quarter of a billion uh, social media followers, which is quite insane to say, but that's how many kind of people we were, we were dealing with. And we sent out a link to them um, and, and fans opened up uh, the map and saw their closest hotspots. Uh, there was a thousand hotspots in 100 countries. And across a three-week period, we enabled her fans to um, go to these locations to unlock the track list, to get the first taste of new music, um, new music videos. And we also, she did like a pop-up gig and we directed fans to that location in Central Park in New York. So that's an, that's a, an example of how we use it for, for like a music and an entertainment client. 
So can you tell us a bit about the tech behind that and, and how um, you're, you're sort of directing um, these fans and, and consumers? Sure. So um, it's, it's all map-based. So we, we have a, a, a mapping software that we overlay brands' designs onto. Um, we're all about using other brands' guidelines and their assets that they have. So we design the platform around what we're given. Um, and as a user, it uh, uses your phone's GPS so it uses satellite connectivity to figure out where you are and when you arrive at the location. Um, outside of that, we've kind of made it so you can unlock any content piece you want. So when a user gets to a location, it could be a video piece, it could be audio, it could be a voucher code, it could be a competition mechanic. We want to kind of keep that as broad, broad as possible. So um, obviously not Shakira herself, but her people will come to you and, and sort of come up with the, the plan and, and what they want and then you guys just yeah put it into, into action yeah, exactly. So we're, we're building out a kind of really versatile platform that um, allows us to kind of work with clients, figure out what, what they need or let them figure out what they need by themselves and then set up a campaign which they can control and run. Um, we, we have CMSs which we currently hand out to our clients which allows them um, to set up and run campaigns by themselves if they wish and we're moving towards having a software as a service platform further down the line which will allow our clients to to build, run, manage their campaigns um, and, and set them up across the year. Brilliant. So so how long have you guys been, been uh, running for? Um, so we've been uh, a business in uh, business in um, as a registered business for eight months, should I say. Um, but we hope the concept's been going slightly longer, but we've been kind of taking it kind of uh, uh, very seriously as, a, as an invested business for the last uh, eight months. So yeah, it's going really well. And, and in those eight months, what have been the sort of the main challenges that you faced as, as a startup in the tech sector? Um, I guess a, f- a few of the challenges is like we, we know our, our platform is very versatile. So we, we come from a music and entertainment background. That's where our kind of skill sets began. Um, so we found it really easy to kind of um, segue into those industries and use the contacts we already had there. Um, it, it's been a slight challenge to reach out further um, into different industries but we're, we're getting real traction now in, in travel and tourism retail uh, and other industries as well that's kind of a really exciting time for us and people are kind of seeing the worth for our platform across all those industries and, and beyond as well and, and how did the um, idea sort of conception um, arise for, for, for this project um, so the initial idea is from a campaign that was run from um, an agency that the, that the landmark brand came from. Um, they were a music artist, um, uh, Alt-J, and we enabled their fans to listen to their album for the first time in a beautiful location around the world. So directing people into these beautiful locations and then have their first experience of the album, which wasn't like a flat click of a link on YouTube or download from iTunes. It was in a, a real immersive experience. Um, and since then, we've been kind of uh, playing with the idea of how to use that technology and getting a lot of kind of learnings from what people need across different industries and how we can open up the platform to be as, as usable as possible to our clients. Um, and we built up the platform and, um, and launched as a business with that in mind. And that's kind of where we are now. So it's, it's sort of sending people on a bit of an adventure to, to get this content. They're not just, like you said, clicking on iTunes or Spotify, click play. They're actually having to go out and, and, and walk around a bit to, to sort of earn it almost. Yeah, definitely. We, we think that um, experience and the physical world are very important things for brands to keep in mind. Um, the digital world is saturated with um, a lot of experiences and a lot of advertising, a lot of uh, competitions, social media. 
Um, and we think that um, consumers and um, entertainment fans crave experience and they crave interactions in their locality. Uh, if you do something in your local area that attaches you to your brand or an entertainment client, um, that makes you a lot more excited and you feel you've got a stronger connection with the brand rather than seeing the same advert that you would see on Facebook wherever you were in the world as, a, as an example. Brilliant. Um, where can our listeners find out more about Landmark? Uh, you can go to our website which is Landmark. Uh, it's L-A-N-D-M-R-K dot I-T is our website. Um, that's the best place to see what's going on and that's got our kind of social media and case studies and anything else you may want to know and contact details of course as well so do get in touch if you have any ideas or just want to discuss anything with us brilliant great to meet you tom enjoy the rest of the show thank you very much goodbye so we've now come to the end of day one at unbound live uh, 2017 and i'm now joined by james andrews uh, co-founder of felcana um, nice to meet you, James. How, how are you today? Very well, thanks. Nice to meet you as well, James. Brilliant. Um, we are um, seeing a lot of uh, various tech today. Uh, I mean, we've had we've had some wearables, um, we've had software, we've had machine learning. Uh, what we haven't had yet is um, pet technology, and that's what we're going to talk to James about. Um, James, you're, you're a former vet. How did you come about setting up Felcarna? Um, so, so I practiced as, as a vet doing a lot of uh, dog and cat work and um, one, of the, one of the challenges all vets have is, is getting good information about, about their, their patient and vets will typically ask pet owners questions around sort of have you noticed any changes in behaviour, have you noticed any changes to drinking patterns, eating patterns, sleeping patterns and pet owners very often don't know the answer to those sorts of questions or don't don't have the right answer um, and so what, what, what I realized and uh, our other co-founder who's also a vet realized is we can use technology connected devices and, and artificial intelligence to to gather a lot of that data and fill in a lot of the blanks so that we can be better vets ultimately um, and feed that data that we're gathering to, through to pet owners um, using a smartphone app so that they can be the best pet owners they can and, and enable us to deliver our mission to to help pets live happier, healthier, longer lives. So, so you develop a series of um, IoT devices uh, that can, can help track the, the biometrics of a pet and, and indicate um, a variety of, of potential issues that they may have. Um, how, what sort of IoT products have you guys developed? Yeah, so our, our current product is a, a connected ecosystem. And that ecosystem gathers behavioural and biometric information about your pet and we do that using a device which we call a helix that goes on any cat or dog's collar it's really really small it only weighs nine grams it uh, connects over a pretty long range around your home and gathers activity information it gathers information about drinking patterns if it's a cat toileting patterns so we can really get a very holistic picture of what your pet's up to in real time and relay that back to the pet owner through our Falcana smartphone app. Um, that's great for pet owners and it's great for vets as well because they can use that information to diagnose disease. And so, you know, there are many, many diseases that, that, that we can help, help identify earlier. So things like um, diabetes in, in cats or arthritis in dogs, we can use our system and the, the information we're gathering really to, to help earlier diagnosis, which often leads to, to more effective and less expensive treatment options. 
so we're, we're using the smartphone app um, what sort of analytics and, and, and how is it sort of presented um, to, to the pet owners and, and the vets so one, one thing we needed to make sure with our with our software is that it's really intuitive for everyone to use for pet owners and for vets and so we have two different pieces of software for pet but we have two different pieces of software, one for pet owners and one for veterinarians, and they get slightly different cuts of data, those, those different software applications. Um, how we display it to a pet owner, is, it's very straightforward. It's a smartphone app. We have a homepage which gives you all the key metrics that you need to see. Um, it gives you alerts. If we notice something abnormal, so maybe Fido's started to drink lots more water, um, all of a sudden it's quite a cute onset, we can send you an alert saying, this has happened, you may want to take your dog to a vet. Um, so we make sure it's really simple. We add in cool features as well to make sure that everyone's really engaged with it. Um, so we collate content specifically for, for you and your pet. Um, so for example, if you've got a um, spring spaniel dog, you know, we collate specific content that's relevant to you. And that means you know, it keeps users engaged and it provides something that's really interesting and, 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 and fantastically valuable to them. So, so at present, the um the whole sort of system um, helps helps vets uh, with their diagnosis get a better understanding about the as I said the holistic um, yeah study of, of, of the animal. Um, is there? Well, I mean, what what would you say the the future potentially holds for Falcon? What would you like to do and develop further um, in the future? Yeah, so it's so a we're you know, naturally looking at bringing new products to market that fit within the the natural adjacencies of, of what we do, and those those new products are both hardware-based and software-based. And we're continuing to evolve what we do and build on a lot of our algorithms and our artificial intelligence systems to make sure that we're driving new levels of insight. And as we grow as a business and the more pets we have on our platform and the more insights we get from pet owners and, and we understand um, you know, the whole picture of what a pet's doing allows us to build even better products. So we're continually pushing new hardware devices, new software applications, and new algorithms. And, and pet technology as a whole isn't something that, that I personally have come across too much. Where is that sort of uh, space sort of heading, would you say? Yeah, I, I, think, I think we're in an inflection point right now in terms of pet technology. Um, up until recently, pretty much everyone doing pet stuff in, in the technology world was a techie who effectively took things like Fitbits and thought, hold on a minute, we can put on a dog's collar and, and develop devices which were kind of cool in their time, but you know, pretty, pretty basic when it came to you know, being pet specific and useful for pet owners. Now, where we're at is the veterinary community has actually identified the, the tremendous benefit the tech can, can really deliver and there are lots of vets now entering the pet tech space um, and delivering fantastic products. Um, some of those hardware-based, like what we're doing, but many of them sort of software-based, very B2B products purely for veterinarians. Um, you know, there's a tremendous opportunity both in the hardware side of things and the software side of things to lead some diagnostics, things like telemedicine. Um, typically, we say that the pet world is, is roughly about 10 years behind any tech in the human world. So, for example, there isn't really a, a decent telemedicine provider um, for pets. There are a few people sort of sniffing around doing stuff, but no one's really got that right. And so there's a tremendous opportunity for, for people that really understand the industry. And you have to really understand it, otherwise you don't get it quite right. And so having that deep expertise is critical um, to really cool, bring cool new products um, products to, to, to this space. Um, and then sort of within the sort 
sort of longer term vision, there's some really interesting um, uh, movements going on um, in, in the big corporate players in, in the pet technology world. So, for example, Miles Petka recently built out a connected solutions uh, department or, or function within their business, and they're purely focused on devices and data to help pet owners and vets and, and pets themselves you know, live happier, healthier, longer lives. So there's a lot of, lot of stuff going on, and it's really sort of gaining traction at the moment. Yes, it's a really um, innovative and, and, and fast-moving and, and young industry. Um, where, where can our listeners find out more about Falcana and, and the work you've been doing? Yeah, so a, please visit our website, which is falcana.com. Um, we've also got quite a quite a you know, decent YouTube channel as well, um, with lots of videos as to how our products work and some of the really great press coverage we've had. So we've had quite a lot of uh, exposure on TV channels like uh, Channel 4 when we're at Cross. We're exhibited at Cross and we're only pet technology company at Cross, the world's biggest dog show. And so we got some great exposure on Channel 4. So there's a lot of really cool stuff out there on our website at falcana.com or on our YouTube channel. Brilliant. Nice to meet you, James. Enjoy the rest of the week. Thank you very much. You too. Uh, I'm now joined by Ben and Johnny, uh, two of the three co-founders from Pouch. Um, thanks for coming over, guys. Nice to meet you both. Hi, yeah. Nice to meet you too. And thanks for having us yeah, here thanks today. thanks for having us here. Brilliant. Um, so it's, uh, it's a, a sort of a shopping accompaniment. Um, can you guys give a bit of a, a brief synopsis uh, about how it works um, Yeah, uh, to begin with? Yeah, sure. So a Pouch is a free shopping tool that you add to your browser, uh, and then we provide the best valid voucher codes for any website that you visit uh, on over 3,000 stores. So we're all familiar with that problem where you're at the checkout page, you're about to enter your card details, and you see that section that says, do you have a voucher code? Then you end up leaving the site and going on some wild goose chase throughout the internet trying to find a voucher code. So what we do is we keep it nice and simple, you download the product in two clicks, and then anytime you visit a website that we've got valid voucher codes for, we let you know how many codes we have, and then we you just click on our icon and a drop-down list of all the available voucher codes appears. So it's pretty simple. Um, and how is the uh, data sort of, um, how does that sort of travel, and how is that uh, targeted and directed to the relevant individual? So we only show you a code on a website that you're on, so if you're on Waitrose, we'll let you know if there are codes for Waitrose there, so you don't need to search for them yourselves. And if there are no codes for Waitrose, well, carry on with your shopping journey. We don't want to be intrusive and interrupt you with any other messaging. Brilliant. And, and, and is it mainly aimed at um, individuals uh, as, as consumers, or um, are there any other uses um, for, for, for it? Yeah, so it's mainly uh, individuals, uh, just normal shoppers, so uh, any age demographic on, on any website. So we work from everything from travel websites to fashion, consumer electronics, insurance, banking, finance. Um, uh, we do work very closely with those retailers and those businesses as well um, in order to negotiate the best voucher codes on behalf of our users. Uh, and occasionally we'll also um, display an overlay message to our users with a pouch recommendation um, uh, based on the content you're, that you're looking at and, and based on your sort of shopping interests. Our reason Detra is to provide our users with the best available deals out there on the internet. So you know, when we wake up every day, all we think of is how can we get our users the best deals and, and, and that's what we go out and do. So in our email list, you're only ever going to find the best pouch exclusive deals. On the browser, you're only going to be able to find the best voucher codes. We, we don't like the voucher code sites. We don't like what they do. We're trying to disrupt that whole industry and just create the ultimate seamless shopping user experience where you can save money. 
Brilliant, yeah, that does sound very disruptive. I mean, how long have you guys been, been trading for now? So um, we, we launched the public in September 2016, although we've actually been building the product for about eight months previous to that. Um, we've had a, a you know, very strong Christmas, um, closed a couple of investment rounds, won a, a few accelerator programs, um, and we're actually launching a new website tomorrow or today, I think, and then and a, and a new version of the product as well. So it's been a busy, uh, been a busy few months. <laughs> I mean, what, what is that website? Just so our listeners um, know where to go. Uh, it's just joinpouch.com, um, and you'll just see the homepage. Is it? It's an easy button that says Add to Chrome. We'll also be available on Safari and Firefox in the coming weeks as well. So um, yeah, we should be multi multi browser shortly. Brilliant. Um, so you mentioned about your, your investing rounds. Um, has sort of funding been one of the main sort of stumbling blocks, difficulty um, in terms of being a startup for yourselves? I, I like to think we were very lucky. It's a great anecdote of how we met our investor. Um, his daughter and our CTO's daughter were at the same nursery together. And the mums got speaking in the parking lot and they introduced us. So his name's Andreas and he runs a, uh, a German software company called Zolsoft. And we were speaking to lots of different early stage VCs and investors at the beginning, but he had real faith in the team, um, a real faith in the product and what we were trying to build. And we went from contact to cash, i.e. from first meeting to money in the bank in six weeks, which was amazing. We never thought it would happen so quickly. And about eight months later, that, that Andreas, that same company, uh, reinvested, reinvested in the business. So we've... Um, We've had a reasonably simple uh, funding journey. It's all going to be about next stage. You know, who do we speak to? Do we take institutional money? Do we raise an angel round? Do we try and do something really interesting like a crowdfund? But you know, as um, I'm, I'm, this, I'm the CFO of the business, and that that fundraising challenge is, is is enjoyable, and it's part of every startup's journey. Yeah, so it just goes to show it's who you know sometimes, isn't it? Um, yeah, to, to help get you that that leg up. And so we've already talked about um, the, the new website that, that's soon to launch. Where else can, can people find out about Pouch? So um, all our social media handles are the same. You can follow us on Twitter, at Join Pouch. Facebook, um, again, just at Join Pouch. Forward slash, forward slash Join Pouch. Forward slash Join Pouch on, uh, on Facebook. And yeah, so uh, on, our, on our social media channels, you'll see a lot about the founder's journey, um, as well as some great deals and offers that we have. We want to kind of build a, a community around what we're doing not just kind of be an an obtuse um, yeah, a, a useful tool yeah and we, we're also launching in our blog um, again in the coming weeks we've just just onboarded a new marketing manager to sort of help that content piece as well um, so yeah we've really built the team out now and uh, so the content's going to be a big part uh, of the business moving forward brilliant well thank you both for joining me um, enjoy the rest of the show thank you so much for having us cheers thanks for your questions this was great thanks Well, welcome back after those, and um, we've got some more from Unbound, and after those, James, we've got some spe- a special announcement coming up. So um, we're, uh, we'll wait and see after the interviews what's coming up. Um, so I've got three companies. Shall I run through them? Yeah, let's have a listen, Steve, see, see what, who, you got, who, you got, who you met. So um, we, the first one is Shoppist. Now, do you do a lot of shopping, James? Um my mum still buys my clothes, so yeah. You are joking. Um, well, your mum may need Shoppist because it links you with suppliers, a geo, it's a geo-based uh, uh, shopping app. So that's quite interesting to um, have a look at. Uh, we've also got Illuma, 
uh, and that was really interesting actually. We talked a lot about fundraising, first of all. Uh, it's a particular issue for tech companies and we talked a little bit about how you raise funds, the process, because they're going through it themselves at the moment. But that is about, uh, it's about hidden data that and how you analyse data, uh, Illuma. So it was really, really good. That was really interesting. And last of all, we got appointed and appointed is about scheduling and uh, how you get resources to the right place at the right time, whether it's multi-site, whether it's location, whether it's rooms or whether it's actual physical resources such as staff and other things. So yeah, some really, really interesting interviews that we're going to go and listen to now. And don't forget, we've got a big announcement after this. So it's uh, late in the day here at Unbound and Sarah's come to join us. Now Sarah's from Shoppers. Welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. That's great. And how's the show gone for you? How has it been? It's gone really well. We've met so many new contacts and hopefully a lot of new customers. And the response to the platform's been great. We've only been launched for a couple of weeks, so it's great to get good feedback, especially from people who are in the startup community, uh, because they're not going to be that nice about it. They're going to give their honest response. Exactly right. I mean, the competition is not going to be flattering, are they? No. And what's been quite nice is that people have been quite responsive about the UI and the actual appearance of the site, because we've deliberately kept it quite clean and unfussy. And we we didn't know if that was a bit of a challenge or a bit of a risk, because it might just be too basic for fashion. So tell us a little bit about Shoppers. What is it? Shoppers is a retail discovery platform, so we connect shoppers to retailers in real time. We do this um, by having a mobile app and users can see different stores and events that are happening around them in fashion retail. And it's great for the retailers because we actually give them a way to connect to customers in their actual nearby vicinity. And and so a bit of geolocation going on there? Yeah, it's, it's all about location. I think that's the way we shop nowadays, and we're just bringing it to fashion retail, really. Now, I was going to try, I've got my phone out to try and log on and see if I can find the app. <laughs> but, so, but I think we'll continue with the interview, yeah. and then we'll, we'll have a look at that a little bit okay. later on. So, um, what brought you to start developing it, and what did you actually look at first? I was living in New York at the time, actually, and I'd moved to a new area and um, booked a last-minute holiday, and like a lot of people probably know this, I decided I really needed something, and I really needed a bikini. And so I do what I do with everything, went to my smartphone, searched for bikinis, and all that came up was department stores, bikini waxes, and tiki bars. So I thought I was doing something wrong, because I can't search on Google. And long story short, I ended up in Macy's, that huge one in Herald Square, for about four hours thinking there's got to be a better way than this. Um, And then I started talking to retailers first and asking them how actually do they connect and allow shoppers to actually see that they've got the products that they want. And really, they didn't have a way in nearby physical retailers. So that's where it really started with that problem of how you can connect so how long ago was that? How long time the time? The first idea was about two years ago, but the development really started about for the London platform about 14 months ago. So what we did first is we did a small pilot in Dubai just to prove that we're not crazy and this is actually... Um, and why Dubai? Why did you choose that? Because smart high, um, smartphone adoption is very high there. Shopping is a habit. And to be quite frank, if it failed, nobody else would know. 
How very truthful. And the response was great, but what we couldn't do there was we couldn't integrate the inventory. We couldn't, we went and had loads of meetings and people just said, no, we're not going to give you that information. So we decided, right, well, London's great. It's a great place to start. The innovation's here. The biggest fast check companies in the world have started in London and it just seemed like the right place to start. So uh, let's rewind two years. Yeah. You're start, you've got your idea. What was the hardest bit to actually get, get from idea into the physical uh, app and the software? The hardest part was actually where to scale it down to. Because, you know, having the whole idea of what you can do and speaking to people, getting too enthusiastic, and it was just everything in one. So actually scaling it down to, right, we're going to start with mainly stores and events. That was difficult. What to leave out was the difficult part. And that, we, we, we talked to lots of new tech companies. Yeah. Um, a lot of them say, other than funding, yeah. they say is actually scaling it down because everybody has these great plans yeah. and you're trying to do too much in one go. Yeah, I like to think about Snapchat. It started off with the one function, but now it does so many different things. Whereas I think as founders, we want to get to step 12 when we're really on step zero. <laughs> I mean... So, so much of the time as well, I'm like you, like even coming here today, yeah. I couldn't get parked. So yeah. I've just shoved it in Google, car parking near me. Yeah. And so many people use that now, don't they? They do. And even now, when, I, you know, when I've gone to different places, I'm searching constantly for things nearby just to make sure that it's still needed. I was in, well, I just got back this weekend from um, California and I was thinking if, if it's anywhere it's going to be in San Francisco it's just it's not and I did that whole thing I needed a jacket because it's a lot colder in San Francisco than it is in London and I couldn't find anything so it is still that problem that we're solving so you have you launched or you're shortly to launch we just launched two weeks ago and we're in a very soft launch so we're still ironing out problems and then we have in two more phases which we're doing in three weeks since we will start with the product integration for the individual stores so we're testing that we're close testing it with the stores right now and the feedback's been great okay. so uh, has it been hard to get people to sign up or has it got hard to get retailers to sign up the retailers have been the easiest sell the retailers need more people into the stores and you know if you're offering them a solution that can do that they're happy and where do you see your develop? Obviously, you've got lots of ideas for yeah. it. Where do you think you'll be looking to develop over the next year or two? We are so we're the first launch is in London. Then we're going to be from Manchester, where I'm from, and then we're going to launch in New York next. I um, mainly because we see ourselves New York, London, Dubai, and then everywhere else is going to be a satellite city. It's the main shopping areas, and quite frankly, we want a tourist when they come to London or to New York, when they want to find something, they can find it with us. And I assume the tech you've used for fashion can easily translate to other services or products as well? Practically every time we speak to somebody, they give us a use case. You know, I've spoke to people who say, oh, well, we need this for building. You know, plumbers need to work. I know, I don't know anything about plumbers, but it seems to be a big problem in everything because the innovation has been concentrated online. People don't know where to buy physical goods. So it's an app as well as a web page, or it's just an app? We've got native iOS, Android, and then we've got mobile web and the website. Well, it's been great to speak to you. And uh, is it shopest.com or dot? Yes. So shop. 
no, sorry, shoppistapp.com. <laughs> shoppistapp.com, and that's where people get more information. And it's on Apple Store and Android as well. It is, yes. Sarah, thank you so much for talking to us. You've been great. Hope the rest of the show goes well, and best of luck with your, uh, your innovation. Thank you. Great speaking to you. Well, Jason Lee's here from Aluma. Hi, Jason. Been a long day, yeah? Absolutely, yeah. It's one of these events where it's really full on, but some of the contacts you get are absolutely amazing. So you just got to be here for the exposure. And, and uh, I was talking to a couple of people earlier, and they said yesterday was about maybe a little bit more corporate. There were a lot of companies coming around. Today's probably a little bit more about startups, yeah? Uh, to be honest with you, I think both days for me have been very corporate. We've, um, you know, the main intent here was to get uh, exposure with a lot of the VCs and the investment funds, and actually both days have been pretty full on. So, um, you know, we've had some uh, potential customers as well, but for me, uh, we're fundraising, so that's the focus of my, my, my efforts right now. And how hard, has, um, how hard has it been for Aluma, the fundraising? Uh, to be honest with you, it's, it's very difficult right now because um, we're an AI startup and there's a lot of noise in AI. Everyone's putting it on their slide decks. But really what makes us very unique is we have a new methodology and a proven ability to find new insights that all other tools miss. And so getting that message across is probably one of the key you know, sales pitches that, I, that I've got to learn. But um, I think, candidly, there's, there's an awful lot of money floating around right now. Um, and if you're C-stage funds, you've just got to you know, get the get the key points right that the investors are looking for. We've already raised one, one, uh, one round and uh, obviously this is a second round for us, so it's a little bit easier. I think that's, uh, we speak to lots of tech companies on the show, funding is the single biggest issue that they have to address. There, there is no question for a startup, it will consume most of your time. And, and uh, you know, I've had multiple companies before we've raised money. Um, it's one of these things where you, you know, they say, uh, you know, a lot of funds will say they'll give you a small amount of money and it'll get you through the next six months and some proof points. But actually, you'll just spend most of your life fundraising for the next round. You've got to get enough money in that gives you enough runway to actually scale and build the business. And that's one of the, the, the hard lessons that startups have to learn. It's, it's a lot of work. And if you can split it, you know, the effort between your team, then it, it makes a lot of difference. So tell me, uh, Illuma, what, what actually is it about? <laughs> so in one line, what we do is we help organizations better understand and predict patterns of behavior. Uh, we're spinning off some remarkable technology from the University of Birmingham, got a decade's worth of research behind it. And what for me makes our data analytics software so unique is, is we can take data, any kind of data, and we literally self-organize it in 3D to reveal previously hidden patterns. And that's very important right now because large corporations are spending huge amounts of money trying to uncover rules linking human behaviors and business activities. They want to know if these insurance companies are uh, are fraudulent. They want to know if uh, they found a new drug discovery. They want to know if it's a new buying pattern they've they've, uh, discovered. So it's that kind of insight that we can give to these big companies. That's that's very exciting. And is it true, though, that these companies, they're collecting this vast quantities of data, metrics and all the other stuff of behaviors, and actually, can they really be using it? How can they... How can they see the pattern? How can they see the trends? Yeah, well, I think it's a real endemic problem right now. Unfortunately, most of the press is talking about deep deep learning and, uh, and neural networks. Actually, that's only one third of the entire AI space and machine learning space. That's called supervised learning. It's unsupervised learning when you don't know what you're looking for, when you can't train a computer, you know? So if you're trying to find a new drug, if you're trying to find a new method of fraud, you can't train the computer. And that's where these new methodologies come into their own. That's what we have. We can help these organizations take those data sets and reveal things they are completely unaware of right now. And that's nothing to do with neural networks. That's nothing to do with deep learning. And I think what's happening is there's going to be an education process in the press where people are going to realize that there are other forms of machine learning and, and neural networks and, and not the only thing that people should talk about. So we actually have that, that ability to make that data visual and re- re- basically reveal things they're blind to right now. And obviously, for our listeners, I try to equate that to something they can yeah. understand in terms yeah. of 
So is that is that almost why I irrationally do things? And it's helping companies know why I irrationally do things. Is that is that a good analogy? Um, I, I suppose so. I mean, it, it's it's one of these things where I, I don't think it's a really good analogy you can give someone. You know, behaviours are you know, driven by different things, you know, uh, different people are driven by different priorities in life. And I think one of the things we just do is is reveal these patterns in a hypothesis-free environment where we're not making any assumptions about people or, or what they're doing. The patterns reveal intrinsically interesting things and you can select a pattern in 3D and you can get the rules that are describing what those traits are. So we're not making any presupposition about the data. We're not coming up with a hypothesis. We're not saying, you know, these people are bad or good. We're just saying, look, these are the interesting patterns. This is what could give you some competitive edge by explaining what those patterns mean. And that's kind of where we're coming from. But to be honest with you, our software is very visual, so you have to see it in action. To yeah, no, I definitely would like to at some point. It'd be great to see that. So um, where, where do you see your company going? What, what areas do you think you'll focus on over the coming year or two? Yeah, so as a, as a, a B2B company, we're focused on the very large corporates, you know, Fortune 1000s, you have real big pain points. And, you know, we're looking at a number of different verticals. So things like financial services where uh, they're looking for new methods of fraud. So maybe we can uncover a pattern that's indicative of a new and emergent fraud methodology they haven't seen before. That could save the millions. Um, equally, in, uh, you know, um, in retail, we can identify um, customer segmentations that they've never seen before that they can then act upon uh, to increase their top line. And likewise, we're talking to a lot of uh, life science organizations in drug discovery. So can we help identify patterns that could be indicative of a, a new drug much earlier on in the clinical trials phase? So it's that kind of thing where the upside potential is absolutely huge when we do uncover something new. But candidly, we won't always do that. So it's one of those things where you have to keep on trying. And when you do get it, it's very valuable. Well, good luck with your fundraising. I know how difficult that can be. Uh, Illuma.com, is it? Illuma.com, absolutely. Yeah, please visit us. And uh, if you're interested, then uh, there's a form and uh, get in touch. I'll be happy to talk to you. Great. Uh, Jason, thank you so much for joining us on the show. Thanks for your time. Brilliant. So uh, Claire Mack is here from Appointed. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Steve. Thanks for having us. Uh, It's a pleasure. And tell us about Appointed. Tell us about um, what it is. Yeah, so Appointed is a cloud-based scheduling solution that allows any business to schedule any services or resources on any device across any time zone. Right, so resourcing as in what, staff, or it could be anything from transport staff to to logistics? Uh, The beauty of the software is really that we work across a whole range of sectors, so that means that it's everything from booking this conference hall for this event straight through to booking sales consultants of of large enterprise organizations. So how did you come about developing uh, Appointed? Was there one area you focused on first or was it yeah, so Leah Hutchin, uh, our founder and CEO, um, was a magazine editor um, and found that she didn't have the time to be able to book salon appointments. Um, by the time that she'd finished very long hours at the magazine, she was getting home and didn't have time to make those appointments. Um, so whenever the she was made redundant from the magazine, she decided why not allow uh, salons and other SMEs to be able to accept online bookings. And that's really where Appointed started. And from there, the software has just grown our and legs to enable us to be able to move into other sectors. So what was the hardest resource, I call them resource, to to design your software to be able to book? That's a very good question. I think at the moment what we're looking at is um, remote or field services. Um, So things like engineers, field salespeople, that type of thing. And that's really taking us to our next innovation, which is going to be around 
scheduling uh, and including travel time in that as well. Is that? I mean, we we use um, we use online booking, you know, the normal Outlook diary or whatever else it is. But it's always a nightmare because people think you can go from 100 miles in 10 minutes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and with calendars like Outlook and Google. Um, we really we will we allow an integration with those calendars, so we have a two-way integration with all major calendar systems. Um, and Appointed really enables external colleagues and clients to be able to view that availability and book straight in online. So does that mean you're super organised yourself? I would love to tell you that I am. Uh, I, I definitely am more organised since starting with Appointed. Um, in, in my work life, having people book in, yes. Outside of that, not so much, Steve. <laughs> no, no, I'm the same. Well, my wife's an event manager, and oh, she okay. she goes list by list by diary yeah. date and everything, and I am absolutely useless. Yeah, absolutely. And, and really what we're trying to do is make the calendar work harder for you um, to do all of that hard work so that it makes it easy for you to be organised. But there's real benefits to having a scheduling system, isn't there, in terms of resource allocation, optimization, yeah? Absolutely. For a lot of businesses, particularly our larger enterprise businesses that are scheduling across a, a large range of resources, it's really about um, removing the manual task um, and allowing uh, that to be automated. And that really reduces a lot of the cost that's built in with that, as well as providing your customers with the extra uh, benefit of being able to engage 24-7 with your business. So what's the one area where you think you will go? I know you talked about mobile field resource at the moment. Where do you see going next? What, what area would you focus on? Our key USP in the market is very much around our multi-time zone functionality. So we have world-first multi-time zone functionality that allows global businesses to be able to take bookings from customers anywhere and manage remote teams. Um, and as I say, our next big innovation is going to be around travel time. Um, and the two of those will work hand in hand to to really differentiate us in the market. So will that, so if you've got a, an international sales force, let's say, and they're traveling all over, you know you've got that show there, this fair, they've got that client visit, will your software be able to automatically uh, feed into that travel time and, and other resource? Um, that, that is the plan, Steve, um, that we're, we're looking really to be able to, to pull that in, it, mainly for um, people that are moving around within one set location and enable their customers to be able to book in when it's possible for them to, to make that meeting, for example. So how does the functionality work for the customer? Obviously, they, they don't come through your portal, they'll still come through the, the seller's portal or such. Absolutely. So our, our online booking tools um, embed on any web page or any platform um, so they can uh, integrate with your uh, app, for example, um, and allow the customer to click to book, uh, view live availability and then make that booking within a matter of clicks. There's then a whole suite of management um, tools that then kick in. For example, automated text and email confirmations, reminders, and a robust CRM that's built into the tool as well to store all of that customer information for the business. I mean, it seems to me we, we do see other uh, scheduling software, but we don't see ones that do all of that as well, really. That's quite unusual. 
Absolutely. I mean, our key USPs in the market are very much how connected we are with the other tools that you use to run your business. For example, um, integrations with cloud accounting software, CRM tools, um, and also with integrated payments. Um, the USP that I mentioned before around multi-time zone functionality, um, and also our heightened security that we have on the tool uh, that makes it usable for, for larger enterprise corporations. Well, thank you. That's, it really has been interesting. Where, where do we get more info, information from? Absolutely. So you can find more information at appointed.com. Thanks so much for having us, Steve. I really enjoyed to have you on the show and hope you have a, a rest, rest of Unbound is good for you. Brilliant. Thanks so much. So, James, that, uh, that summed up Unbound, really, the, the range of uh, companies we spoke to, really, really broad. Yeah, really exciting. Uh, real buzz about the place. Uh, lots of companies in that sort of two-year sort of startup phase and yeah a lot to to be excited about really yeah no it was really really good and uh, I think it will run again next year three different venues I think there's one later in the year in America still isn't there yeah one in Miami um, and one in Singapore yeah so yeah yeah hopefully yeah we we look forward to seeing it again back in London next summer so uh, we did we trailed a little bit about a big a big announcement tell me what's happening yeah, so it's um, well, we're something we're really excited about here at the Tech Talk Show. It's the Tech Talk 22. Um, so it's a, a list uh, of, of companies that we think are movers and shakers. Uh, they may be a bit under the radar, so we want to give them that exposure that they're, they're craving. Yeah, I mean, it's about celebrating the brightest and best in tech in the UK. Uh, so we've decided to highlight what they're doing and those companies, yeah. Yes. Um, so yeah, we've, we've got a panel of judges, uh, which will be announced um, a f- future next week. We might have a yeah announcement on those. Um, and we uh, the the, the twenty two companies um, that, that we sort of finalise on uh, will be published in a, in an article on Tech Radar. Um, yeah. So we've teamed up with Tech Radar, and we're going to do it in association with them. So it will be published. Uh, a published list through Tech Radar of the Tech Talk 22, and we want to raise a glass to success around the technology in the UK and what's going on. Yes, uh, list will be published in November, and everyone that makes it on the list uh, will be invited as a guest um, for the Tech Talk show. Be that um, a repeat guest or or um, someone that we've we've not actually had on the show before. And this is not one of those cynical, let's have an award ceremony, all that sort of thing. We are going to work with our partners to develop a list of who we think actually warrants nomination. So through our industry contacts, through the people we've got and had on the show, and through our our friends and everybody else, we are going to draw together a list of who we think is truly outstanding in the industry for the UK. Yes, yeah, so th- yeah it, th- there's obviously no cost associated for any of any of the um, entrants, um, and it's just purely nominations um, across categories. So you've got ga- um, software and apps, you've got gadgets, um, you've got uh, a wild card category. So could be some very interesting um, companies in there. Um, and yeah, probably we might get some pet tech, might we? That new category. <laughs> Fingers crossed, Steve. Um, yeah, but if listeners head over to the website, um, you'll see a big tab there, uh, which is a new addition for us, uh, called Tech Talk 22, and that will have all the info. Yeah, no, that sounds really great, James. I can't wait to hear who are the judges going to be, and, um, and I'm sure that is going to develop over the coming uh, weeks and months. So tell me when it's going it's, it's to be in November, isn't it? When is that? Yeah, mid- uh, middle of November it will be published, yeah. 
great. Okay, well, thanks for a great show. Thanks for joining me. It's been really great. And uh, hope you uh, tune in again soon. Cheers. Cheers.